Welcome to episode two of Tech Headlines Today, where we give you the top tech headlines in an easy listening podcast. Go ahead and subscribe or follow, and let's get into it. Apple is reportedly turning iPhones into credit card payment terminals. Accept credit card payments directly on an iPhone without the need of any other hardware. Apple is thought to be working on a way to allow iPhones to accept payments directly and without the need of any other hardware. As Bloomberg reports, Apple acquired MobiWave last year for $100 million. The Canadian company was developing a method of accepting payments from NFC-enabled credit cards simply by tapping them against the back of the smartphone. Apple already offers NFC-enabled phones and Apple Pay to handle payment processing and the tech to enable contactless card payments thanks to the MobiWave acquisition. People with, quote, knowledge of the matter believe Apple is preparing to roll out the feature for small businesses and with it render the payment terminals currently used with iPhones unnecessary. A key Windows 11 security feature is causing AMD performance issues. Some Windows 11 devices powered by AMD are seeing performance affected for the second time in three months. This time, the TPM module is to blame. Windows 11 is suffering from more performance issues with AMD devices once again affected. Commonly reported problems include frequent stuttering and audio glitches, with affected users expressing their frustration. The issue appears to be caused by the TPM 2.0 module, one of Windows 11 key hardware requirements. Both Intel and AMD's CPUs enable TPM via system firmware that's independent from the rest of the OS. Intel's implementation appears to be bug-free, but AMD users aren't so lucky. As Windows' latest reports, the issue seems to be caused by compatibility issues between AMD's TPM, known as FTPM, and Windows as opposed to a bug within the OS itself. Judging by a Reddit post, the issue has been around for five months since Windows 11 was officially released, but a recent deluge of comments suggests it's a widespread problem right now. Forums on the Lenovo and Linus Tech Tips website only serve to emphasize that. Until Microsoft or AMD releases a patch, there is an unofficial solution that works for many people, but it's not without compromise. Check out the show links for that solution. School surveillance of students via laptops may do more harm than good. Since the start of the pandemic, more public school students are using laptops, tablets, or similar devices issued by their schools. The percentage of teachers who reported their schools had provided the students with such devices doubled from 43% before the pandemic to 86% during the pandemic, a September 2021 report shows. In one sense, it might be tempting to celebrate how schools are doing more to keep their students digitally connected during the pandemic. The problem is, schools are not just providing kids with computers to keep up with their schoolwork. Instead, in a trend that could easily be described as Orwellian, the vast majority of schools are also using those devices to keep tabs on what students are doing in their personal lives. Vendors claim that these tools keep students safe from self-harm or online activities that could lead to trouble. However, privacy groups and news outlets have raised questions about those claims. Demystifying the cloud. How Israeli startup SimLoud is revolutionizing cloud automation to save time and money. With digital transformation continuously increasing, more and more companies and organizations are realizing they need to establish themselves on the cloud. The problem is that onboarding to the cloud is a long and expensive process that can take up to 12 months. 
Since time is money, businesses can hardly afford such a process, literally and figuratively. Moreover, when onboarding to the cloud, companies must also recruit and employ DevOps experts to solve any additional technical and architecture complexities while also maintaining the cloud infrastructure as a whole. Consequently, the need for a holistic automation-based solution to cloud infrastructure is a grave need for companies everywhere, especially since there are currently no solutions to enable the development of a cloud infrastructure in a timely manner on the market. Eliminating the aforementioned chaos involved in the cloud development and ongoing maintenance is what SimLoud strives to do. Essentially, SimLoud's SaaS platform specifies customer needs through a short 20-minute configuration process, making it possible to onboard in the cloud environment at an unprecedented speed. It also allows for, quote, non-cloud experts to have access to the complexities of cloud environments. With SimLoud, the amount of time and costs involved in onboarding and maintenance in the cloud environment is cut by 75%. It is so simple that in fact, all a client needs to bring is his code and the SimLoud tool will do the rest and create the architecture in the client's cloud account. Google Assistant will now respond to simple stop requests. Silence your smart display or speaker just by saying stop. No, hey Google, necessary. It should be a lot easier to get Google Assistant to stop talking with a new command that doesn't require any wake words. A recent Google Assistant update means that you can silence your smart display or speaker just by saying stop, Google tweeted. No need for hey Google. This simplifies the process of getting Google Assistant to shut up if it's giving a long-winded response or was summoned accidentally. This feature may be an early partial rollout Google Assistant's Quick Phrases feature beyond the Pixel 6 series. Quick Phrases do away with the hey Google command for common queries like setting timers, snoozing alarms, controlling lights, creating notes, or managing calls. 9to5Google explains. The stop feature appears to be working on Google smart speakers already, Gizmodo reports, but only for responses coming from Google Assistant itself. If the Assistant starts a song or a video on a third-party service, for example, you'll need to continue saying, hey Google, to get it to stop. Test your outrage over Google's new Topics advertising system. Is Google's latest plan for balancing privacy with advertising actually a problem? These four revealing questions will help you find out. Google sure has taken an awful lot of heat over its advertising practices lately. But why exactly? Today, I'd like to explore that. I've concocted a four question quiz that'll gauge your rage and help determine whether it's aimed at the right sources or perhaps misplaced. But first, we need to catch up on what exactly is happening right now and how we reach this point. The whole recent Google advertising debacle started with the crumbling state of the digital cookie. The pressure for Google to move away from its age-old practice of using tiny tidbits of data provided by websites to see what sort of stuff you're interested in and then show you ads that match those subjects. The problem with web cookies, lack of chocolate aside, is that they can be rich with sensitive info. They linger for a long time and they're tough for any normal mammal to understand and control. So last year, Google came up with a new system to replace advertising-oriented cookies called Flock. Flock, which stands for Federated Learning of Cohorts, was convoluted, complicated, and more or less instantly condemned. So now Google's got another idea for the future of online advertising. It's something called Topics. Aside from its less gibberish sounding name, 
Topics has the advantage of offering a setup that any average homo sapien can actually understand. As you wade your way around the dusty old web of ours, your browser keeps track of the general topics, get it? You seem to be interested in exploring. Those topics are broad categories of information, things like fitness and travel. Your topics are generated on your own local device and stored there for just three weeks at a time before they evaporate into the great beyond. And the way they work is surprisingly simple. For all the details and to take the quiz to see how you react, check out the show links on our website. Facebook's cryptocurrency venture to wind down and sell tech assets. Meta Platform's digital currency venture, DM Association, is winding down and selling its technology to California-based Silvergate Capital Corp for about $200 million, the Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday, citing a person familiar with the matter. Meta, formerly Facebook, first unveiled plans for DM, known as Libra, earlier in June 2019 as part of an effort to expand beyond social networking into e-commerce and global payments. The project immediately ran into fierce opposition from policymakers globally, who worried it could erode their control over the money system, enable crime, and harm users' privacy. In the quest for regulatory approvals, Facebook then renamed its digital coin to DM and scaled down its global ambition to focus on the United States by announcing the launch of a U.S. dollar stablecoin, which are cryptocurrencies pegged to a traditional currency. A much recent blow came when Facebook's financial technology executive, David Marcus, who was overseeing its efforts to develop DM, left the company to start working on something new. Compound aims to be a one-stop shop for tech employees to manage their finances. Jordan Gonan and Jacob Sheen had both worked in the tech industry for a few years when they realized they lacked a clear understanding of their own finances. Like many other tech employees, the two software engineers had equity in startups they had worked for, cryptocurrency investments, and other illiquid assets. They wanted to track their assets and get help with investing and paying taxes, but they felt that traditional financial institutions and robo-advisors didn't provide a simple or holistic solution tailored to people with these assets. That's why they started Compound nearly three years ago. Compound, part of the 2019 Y Combinator class, calls itself an all-in-one wealth management platform that shows users a full financial picture of their liquid and illiquid assets, including cash, securities, crypto, real estate, and venture investments. The way we started the company was by trying to solve our own problems. We wrote an essay about equity compensation that garnered a lot of attention in the technology community and just started helping people who reached out to us, Conan said. People should globally optimize their finances rather than locally optimize them for particular situations, he states. That being said, a lot of clients come to us around catalyst events, he added. They're deciding whether or not to exercise their stock options, thinking about if they should get a loan to exercise their options, should they move states, how do they diversify after a liquidity event, how much can they afford to angel invest, what Compound does is provide an all-in-one platform to answer those questions. A soft gel turns to bone? Researchers from Linkoping in Sweden and Okiyama in Japan have created a material that grows like bone. The bio-inspired component shifts from soft to stiff, an achievement that is inspiring new ideas for micro-robots and bone repair. The bone-like material contains what is known as a variable stiffness actuator, a mechanism that changes in stiffness once heat, light, or another stimulus is applied. Some VSAs are reversible, but the team from Sweden and Japan wants their actuator to stay in the rigid state, 
especially if those actuators are featured on an implant. When the material is incubated or immersed in a cell culture medium, an environment that resembles the body and contains calcium and phosphor, the biomolecules and calcium ions mineralize the gel and harden it like a bone. The idea for a morphing material began during a research visit in Japan, when Jaeger met Hiroshi Kamioka and Emilio Hara, two researchers of bones. Kamioka and Hara had discovered a kind of biomolecule that could quickly stimulate bone growth. Jagger and the team investigated the possibility of adding the biomolecule to materials. Three ways RFID is changing the tire industry. Radio frequency identification technology, or RFID, which allows for the storage and retrieval of information using radio waves, has enabled a new kind of internet-connected smart tire. These RFID-equipped tires can significantly benefit the industry during the manufacturing process and after they have been sold. These are some of the RFID applications that have had the greatest impact on the tire industry so far. Number one, cradle to the grave tire tracking. Two, inventory management and proof of recycling. And three, RFID in the manufacturing process. As major manufacturers like Michelin begin to fully incorporate RFID into their new tires, the technology could offer some major utility for manufacturers, vendors, and recyclers. Easy recycling, improved tire tracking, and streamlined inventory management could all be made possible with the use of RFID labels. Synthetic voices want to take over audiobooks. Publishers hope computer-generated voices can help them tap surging demand, but some fans, and Amazon, are resisting the robots. When voice actor Heath Miller sits down in his boat shed turned home studio in Maine to record a new audiobook narration, he has already read the text through carefully at least once. To deliver his best performance, he takes notes on each character and any hints of how they should sound. Over the past two years, audiobook roles like narrating popular fantasy series He Who Fights With Monsters have become Miller's main source of work. But in December, he briefly turned online detective after he saw a tweet from UK sci-fi author John Richter disclosing that his latest audiobook had no need for the kind of artistry Miller offers. It was narrated by a synthetic voice. Four ways to mature your digital automation strategy. When it comes to realizing the benefits of automation, maturity matters. Here's what CIOs need to know to assess and advance their automation efforts. It is now a given that companies need to automate offerings and operations to optimize existing processes and generate better experiences and values for customers. But businesses do not gain maximum value and efficiency simply by adding automation. Your level of maturity is what matters. Knowing your maturity level will help you identify opportunities for automation growth, as well as evaluate the risks and challenges that come with bigger, more sophisticated automations. For example, as automation solutions cross departments and integrate disparate technologies, data loss and integrity issues can increase. In most automation maturity models, there are three distinct stages, task-oriented stage, team or department-oriented phase, and end-to-end -end phase. Once your team understands its current state, it's time to take steps to advance the automation strategy. Here are four tactics you can focus on. Connect applications and processes. Use RPA sparingly. Use more AI. And build symbiotic relationships between humans and computers. Automation strategies will consistently evolve and get more sophisticated. The secret to automation success is to balance processes that enable machines and employees to effectively work together to achieve business objectives. 
For more details on these points, check out the article in our show links. IT and DevOps staff more likely to click on phishing links. IT staff are more likely to click on phishing links and are often worse at reporting threats than their peers elsewhere in the organization, according to new research from F-Secure. The security vendor tested over 82,000 participants from four organizations to compile its study to click or not to click what we learned from phishing 80,000 people. They were exposed to several tactics commonly used by cyber criminals to steal data, deploy malware, and conduct business email compromise. Worryingly, in the two organizations studied where technical staff were tested, they showed greater propensity to click. In one of the companies, 30% of the DevOps and 21% of IT staff clicked on test phishing emails, compared to an average of just 11% for all departments. In the other organization, the rate for DevOps was 26%, slightly higher than the average of 25% overall. That's despite more technical staff than the average complaining to be alert to the problem of phishing. In one organization, 17% of respondents said they had noticed a phishing email in their inbox in the past versus 27% of IT and 29% of DevOps respondents. Matthew Connor, F-Secure Security Delivery Manager and lead author of the report, claimed that overconfidence might be partly to blame for the results. He states, ultimately for me, this study shows that technical staff need just as much support as the rest of the organization in combating phishing. Microgrids are a key to grid resiliency. The aging energy grid is being pushed to the breaking point. Power outages from extreme weather alone cost anywhere from $2 billion to $77 billion per year. And some isolated communities still rely on diesel generators for electricity since power lines don't reach them. Grid expansion isn't an option. In most cases, the economics don't make sense. Where the main grid falls short, such as in isolated communities or when the lights go out from extreme weather, microgrids are a solution for more resilient power. These decentralized, self-sufficient energy hubs can run independently or connect to the larger grid. Yet one lingering hurdle is microgrid design. Getting the mix of power sources right involves complex trade-offs between risk tolerance, cost, and going green. New research from a team at Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, PNNL, shows that resilient hyperlocal microgrids provide economic value if designed with the right mix of power sources. The modeling work being done by PNNL can help decision makers weigh trade-offs and ultimately design microgrids that are more likely to keep the lights on during emergency or power areas without access to a main grid. With climate change-related extreme weather expected to climb, designing resilient microgrids will likely continue to be pertinent in the future. Amazon access program that had employees tweet positive things about the company. Warehouse employees were paid to tweet positive messages about the company's fulfillment centers. Amazon has reportedly ended its FC Ambassador program, which paid warehouse employees to tweet positive messages about working conditions at the company's fulfillment centers. Amazon quietly shut down and removed all traces of the influence campaign at the end of last year, people with direct knowledge of the decision told Financial Times, as reported by Ars Technica. FT said the program suffered from poor reach and embarrassing backfires. More than a dozen Twitter accounts run by real on-the-floor staff were first spotted in 2018. They featured the Amazon Smile logo and the same FC Ambassador title in the bio. The in-house diplomats, as Business Insider reported at the time, 
were regular members of staff whose job it was to share favorable experiences working at the Fulfillment Center. Now scrubbed from the social network, the promotional accounts routinely promoted standardized messages of positivity, praising the work environment and denying negative statements. From CES 2022, LG brings upgradable appliances to the forefront. At CES 2022, LG Electronics is presenting its vision for an enhanced lifestyle and a better future for all. Hosted by LG CEO William Cho, LG Worldwide Premier introduced the company's diverse innovations for the new year and detailed its continuing efforts to create a more inclusive user experience and sustainable tomorrow. LG's theme for CES 2022, The Better Life You Deserve, emphasizes LG's ultimate goal to elevate all aspects of daily life through technological and design innovation. This vision is brought to life through three short films, A Better Life For You, A Better Life For All, and A Better Life Tomorrow. Located inside the main entrance of Central Hall at the Las Vegas Convention Center, LG's on-site exhibit promises to offer both physical and online visitors an engaging and interactive experience through AR and VR technologies. Dropbox and Microsoft OneDrive send out warning to Mac OS users. Dropbox and Microsoft OneDrive are warning Mac users that Mac OS Monterey 12.3 could be problematic for file access via applications once it's released. Two of the world's most widely used online storage sources, Dropbox and Microsoft OneDrive, are warning Mac users of a looming problem in a coming Mac OS Monterey update. They warn that some users may have problems when attempting to open files stored in either service using another Mac application. They urge customers to update their apps once Mac OS 12.3 is installed. Once you install that version of Monterey, when you attempt to open a file stored online from within an application, the process will fail. The only way around this, at least until you update the file storage app, is to manually download archived files for use on their Mac via Finder. The problem will be resolved when OneDrive and or Dropbox are updated. A battery breakthrough made from rubber. An everyday material that we all know well may lead to safer, longer lasting batteries for the electric vehicle. Mechanical engineering graduate researcher, Michael Lee, part of a team at Georgia Institute of Technology is rethinking an essential battery component by reshaping rubber. The polymer acts as a new structure for the battery transport solution known as the electrolyte. The Georgia Tech developed electrolytes synthesized from a liquid precursor solution consist of plastic and salt monomers that bond to form a rubber polymer. Through heat, the rubber transforms into what the researchers refer to as 3D interconnected plastic crystal phase. When the monomers turn to polymers, the plastic crystals, quote, coarsen, said Lee, within a rubber matrix, enabling the three-dimensional shape. The safety issues presented by lithium-ion batteries have led to alternative ideas like solid-state batteries that use rubber materials. Lee and the team's rubber electrolyte can be made at low temperature conditions, generating robust and smooth interfaces on the surface of electrodes. The structure of the rubber electrolytes prevents damaging lithium-ion dendrite growth and allow for faster moving ions, enabling reliable operation of solid-state batteries even at room temperature. North Korea loses internet in suspected cyber attack. North Korea has experienced an internet outage that may have been caused by a cyber attack. The country lost internet for approximately six hours on Wednesday morning, local time, the incident was the second outage to hit North Korea in the past two weeks. 
Junaid Ali, a cybersecurity researcher who monitors various North Korean web and email servers from a location in Britain, told Reuters that the last outage could have resulted from a distributed denial-of-service attack. Describing the recent incident, Ali said, When someone would try to connect to an IP address in North Korea, the internet would literally be unable to route their data into the country. Within a few hours of the suspected DDoS attack, servers supporting email were back up and running. However, disruption and downtime continued to impact individual web servers of institutions, including North Korea's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Air Koryo Airline, and Ninara, the official portal for the North Korean government. Last but not least, Adafruit creates a tiny handheld device for playing Doom. The Adafruit QT Pi Doom has only a 1.3-inch display, but runs Doom at full speed using its 240 MHz processor. There are many surprising devices the 1993 video game Doom can run on, but open source hardware company Adafruit created a tiny handheld device specifically to run the game. It's called the Adafruit QT Pi Doom, and Adafruit thinks it might be the smallest playable Doom device. The tiny portable, which is reminiscent of Arduboy, is still at the prototype stage, but it already plays Doom at full speed and looks easy to control even though the buttons are so small. It's just a prototype. There's no word on price or what the final version of the Doom player will look like. Adafruit is hoping to get both John Romero and John Carmack to share their thoughts on the device and quote, we'll offer to send them one each, the first couple units. Well, that's a wrap for episode two of Tech Headlines Today. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you tomorrow.